Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Faith Assembly, is God good tonight? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Our God is great and greatly to be praised. How many of you love him with all your heart, your mind, your strength? Everything about you loves Jesus. Oh, I came ready to slay tonight. I'm going to beat up something. I'm just kidding. I ain't beating nobody up. We're not beating nobody up. We're bringing life. As a matter of fact, Pastor Jason always asks me that. He says, John, you're going to slay? And I'm like, no, I'm bringing life to folks. You know when you say to people sometimes, I love you to death, and they're like, no, you don't love me to death. You love me to life. We, we, all that kind of stuff. But, but yes, uh, I am ready. I am ready with the word of God, and I believe uh, that the word of God does pierce to the heart. It does, uh, d- it does divine our, our intentions. It, it cuts through all of the mess and hits us right where we need to be hit. And somebody that's thankful for a God that can speak like that said amen tonight. Amen. Amen. And so uh, I'm thankful. Pastor Yana was just talking about um, uh, folks that are already ready for Christmas. Uh, some people in the house that are like saying, Christmas, hold up just for a second. Let me see your hands. All right, that's, that's me, because I got a whole production to put together for uh, before we get there. And uh, my Christmas tree will probably go up December 22nd, all right? And because that's my mindset, uh, we're probably going to need a peacemaker in my household, because my wife would love to have it up, up before then. My beautiful wife is here tonight. Um, and uh, luckily, the Lord is speaking to us on just that tonight. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Um, I've been called a lot of things in my lifetime. A lot. I've been called a lot of things. Uh, I've been called smart. I've been called dumb. I've been called things that are socially acceptable. I've been called some things that are not so socially acceptable. Uh, I've been called out of my name. Anybody ever been called out of your name? Yeah, it's not, it's not so fun. I've been called uh, by my entire name, especially when my mom was like really upset. John Edward Dreyer Jr. <laughs> you know, when you get your entire name called out, you, you got something going on. Um, but I've been called many things, but how amazing is it to be called a child of God? Amen. How amazing is it? That's how I want to be known. That's That's how I want to be known. Everyone says that everyone is a child of God, right? You hear that all the time. We're all God's children. And and, and yes, we've all been created by God. But unfortunately, not everyone identifies as his. Not everyone identifies as his. And the only way that we can truly identify as his is if we've been born again and have called his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and has his his spirit dwelling on the inside of us tonight. Are there any children of God in the house tonight? Praise the Lord. And it's that spirit that causes, it causes us to walk like him, talk like him, look like him. It's that spirit that causes us to be peacemakers. And Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they are easily identifiable. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Let's pray together that the Lord will speak to our hearts tonight. 
Father, in Jesus' name, uh, we love you so, so much. Your presence, your presence is, is so real to us, and it's, it's, where, it's where we find everything that we could need. No place else is more important than right here at your feet, feeling your touch, hearing your voice, being molded into more of a likeness of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we believe that you're here right now. We've, we see evidence, Lord God, of your presence here. We've worshiped you. We've lifted you. We've magnified you. And Lord God, you said that if you would be lifted up, you'd draw, you'd draw us to you. And we believe tonight that we're, we're being drawn closer and closer and closer. Lord, speak to our hearts. Speak to our hearts in a way, Lord God, that causes us to, uh, to become more like you. We want to be easily identified as yours. And so, God, um,
Yes, that, that deserves a few awes. I, uh, Lord, keep us humble in Jesus' name. Um, okay, so this is, uh, this is also me. Um, it's a little blurry because I had to take a picture of a picture and, and things like that. But I want to show you a, another picture after this one. Now, who y'all think that is? That's, if you guessed my son, you are absolutely correct. Uh, let me show them that, that picture that's side by side. God help the child. Because y'all saw, y'all saw me and my dad, right? We got the folds in the head right here. We got the ears. We got the hook nose. I mean, you know, I still got a beautiful wife. And so, like, you know, he has a chance. Uh, praise the Lord. <laughs> but, um, but as you can see... As you can see, we're born with characteristics that cause us to resemble our parents, okay? Uh, Jesus tells us that being a peacemaker will be an identifiable characteristic for others to know that we're God's children, okay? Um, just like Jordan is mine, we are his, and peace is wrapped up in his plan for us, all right? So um, I want to talk a little bit about that tonight. I want to talk a little bit about peace, and I want to talk a little bit about being a peacemaker. Uh, because we are his, uh, first and foremost, God's plan for us is peace. God's plan is peace for you. God's plan is peace for you. Because you are his, uh, he wouldn't give you away. He wouldn't even try. Because you are his, God's plan is peace for you. Now, when we think about peace in the biblical context, we have to think about what peace is. Uh, when we see peace talked about uh, in the Old Testament and New Testament, usually it's one of two words. In the, in the Hebrew, it's shalom. In the Greek, it's irene, irene, okay? And these uh, two words uh, talk about peace in a few different biblical contexts. Uh, one, in the Old Testament, we find shalom. Shalom, in the Old Testament, uh, the Hebrew word shalom is often used to convey the idea of peace. Uh, shalom denotes a sense of completeness, of soundness and of prosperity. It embodies the notion of harmony in relationships both with God and with others. Uh, it signifies not just the absence of conflict. I love this. Not just the absence of conflict, but the presence of well-being, justice, and prosperity. This peace is a peace that says not only is there not trouble and conflict and turmoil around us, but the goodness of God is present where his peace is. Is anybody thankful that he'll surround you with his goodness, with his faithfulness, with his, with his love? And, and that's a peaceful place to be. That's the shalom of God when he surrounds you, when he shows you his goodness um, uh, in that way. Um, we see this in uh, like Numbers chapter 6 verses 24 to 27 where it says, the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you and the Lord make his face shine upon you and the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. So that's, that's shalom. Um, we also see uh, in, in the biblical context of peace, um, reconciliation with God, reconciliation with God. Um, peace in this context also uh, signifies us coming back to God or being reconciled back to God. Through the sacrificial work of Jesus Christ, human beings can be uh, reconciled with God, finding peace with him and experiencing spiritual wholeness, all right? So now we find uh, God showing us his goodness, and there's a type of peace that, that causes the storms to cease, right? There's a type of peace that causes uh, uh, the things around us to, to subside, the, 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 the battles that are against us to, uh, to, be, to, to subside and, and those things. And then we find uh, a spiritual, whole, uh, spiritual peace, a peace 
where we are reconciled with God. This aspect emphasizes the restoration of a broken relationship between humanity and God. I love Colossians chapter 1. It talks about God reconciled to him, himself, all things, making peace through his blood, through the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross. I don't know if anybody remembers what it was like when you were far away from the Lord, when you didn't have any hope, when it seemed like there was no future for you to even walk towards. But then Jesus came in, turned everything around, restored your relationship with the Father, and there was a peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that comes from actually having a relationship with God that you didn't have before. That peace, that, that reconciled relationship brought freedom into your life. It brought deliverance into your life. It's brought healing into your life. I, am I in the right house tonight? Has anybody experienced a relationship with God? That's, that's, that's the peace of reconciliation with God, and then we also see in the biblical context a, a, a peace called uh, that's inner peace. Everybody say inner peace. Um, this biblical peace refers to inner tranquility and calmness that comes from a deep relationship with God. So now we're able to have a relationship with God, and as that relationship deepens with God, uh, it, it transcends external circumstances and provides a sense of security and assurance. This inner peace is often depicted as a result of trusting God and his faithfulness and his sovereignty, even in the midst of turmoil and trials. This is the kind of peace that you have that isn't dependent upon what's going on around you. It's not shaken by the waves that might, might hit you from side to side. It's not, it's, not, it's not messed up because things around you are looking difficult. It's the peace that you have even when the report is bad. It's the peace that you have on the inside even when the outside is looking a little crazy. It's the peace that you have um, that, that, that the world didn't give to you and the world can't take away from you. That's the type of peace that we have on the inside uh, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's an inner peace, and the Bible talks about that in several places. Uh, but then there's uh, also peace with others, and that's what we're going to talk a lot about tonight. Peace in this biblical context extends to a peaceful relationship with others. It involves cultivating love and forgiveness and reconciliation in human interactions, all right? And so this is something that happens when we have that relationship with God and when we experience the peace that God gives us. It exudes from our lives, from our lives, and it extends to others. It encourages believers to pursue understanding, empathy, and unity, fostering a sense of community and cooperation. In other words... We can all just get along. We're going to talk a little bit about that in just a moment, but I want to, I want to talk about one more kind of piece that I'm really excited about. I'm really excited about this, this type of piece, and that's eschatological peace. This is the piece that speaks to a future peace that will be fully realized in the eschatological context where God's ultimate reign will bring an end to all conflicts and usher in an era of everlasting peace and harmony. This vision of peace that points to the ultimate restoration of all things under the sovereign rule of God. Jesus is coming back, and when he comes back, he will wipe every tear from our eyes. There will be no more wars. There will be no more crying. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more, and we have that hope in Jesus Christ, that there is a peace that's beyond this lifetime that we will experience with our Lord and Savior when he returns. I love it. So Jesus, he's the ultimate giver of peace. He's the prince of peace. 
He's the peace in the storm. He's peace with God. He's the peace that strengthens us to love and pray for those who would consider themselves our enemies. Can I get an amen in the house? Uh, he's, he's the great peace that guards our heart in knowing that eternity will be free from sorrow in his presence. God's will is peace for you, and that's good news tonight. And God's will is for you to know him and to know his peace. But God's will isn't just peace for you, but God's will is also peace through you. The Son of God is the Prince of Peace, and as we reflect him in the earth as peacemakers, we too are identified as children of God. So because you are his, because you are his, God's plan is peace for you and God's peace plan is peace through you, through you. Now, Jesus pronounced a blessing over peacemakers. Uh, notice he didn't use the term peacekeepers. Did you notice that? Uh, peace can only be kept where peace is present, okay? But what about when there's only unrest? What about when there's conflict? What about when there's only turmoil? What about when there's trial? What about when there's discord? Christ's blessing is pronounced on those who aren't passive keepers of whatever peace is available, but active peacemakers that aren't afraid to engage circumstances clothed in his character. His blessing is upon those who aren't afraid to go after peace who aren't afraid to pursue reconciliation, to pursue the end of conflict, to pursue these things. These are peacemakers. A peacemaker realizes that there's a destination beyond this unrest, and the destination is not victory. The destination isn't winning the argument. The destination isn't revenge. The destination isn't destruction. I hope they get what they deserve. No. That's not the destination. The destination isn't injury or devastation, but the destination is reconciliation and forgiveness. The destination is peace. And that, that, that is what Jesus is teaching us in this beatitude. Um, I love the lengths to which we'll go to represent. Um, anybody love representing Jesus up in the house? Love, as a matter of fact, we got... Uh, <laughs> We got faith merch. Uh, we, we, we represent faith out in these streets. They know that we come from here. Uh, praise the Lord. Hopefully y'all acting right while y'all got these uh, faith t-shirts on, being nice to people and showing love. Praise the Lord. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm one of those guys that uh, I love to represent the Lord too. And I've got some, uh, you know, some cheesy uh, t-shirts that uh, I wear from time to time. Um, I've got this one t-shirt. Um, it says... Um, what does it say? No, can you put it up there? What is it? I know what it says. I'm just waiting for the picture. Put it up there. <laughs> I'm going to tell y'all what it says. There it is. Catch up with Jesus. Let us praise and relish him. Because he blesses me from my head to my toes. I literally have this shirt. I have this shirt. I wore it. I'm sure I wore it like last week or whatever. People make fun of me or whatever, and that's all good. Uh, but we love to represent. But I've seen many people uh, wearing T-shirts that inadvertently uh, disclose their character and possibly the need for a little bit more surrender to the Lord. 
okay? Um, some of you may have seen these t-shirts as well. Let me, let me see the first one. Have you seen this one anywhere? Let's put the first one up. Now, if you have this shirt, just laugh with everybody else, all right? Just, just laugh with everybody else. Try Jesus, not me, because I throw hands. What's, what's, what about this one? Have you seen this one? Half holy, half hood. That means pray with me. Don't play with me, baby. Now, prayerfully, that's not your testimony in the house. I want to pray with you. I want to play with you, too. We can have fun. Um, what about this next one? This next one. This is another try Jesus. Try Jesus, not me. He cares. I don't. He died. I didn't. And I'm not. <laughs> All right. Um, now, uh, I mean, you know, these are funny T-shirts, funny T-shirts. And, uh, and many times they're intended as jokes, right? But uh, they also really conveyed the sentiment of so many modern day Christians. It's actually a little troubling. Um, I've literally had disagreements with people that thought that retaliation uh, was more appropriate of a response to aggression uh, than turning the other cheek. As a matter of fact, if you, if you read a little bit further in this same chapter, this same chapter of Matthew that we're in right now, that's where Jesus says, hey, if somebody slaps you on one cheek, hit them in the mouth. No. <laughs> somebody hits you on one cheek. Turn the other to him. Jesus' uh, 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 teaching to us for our response to aggression is not uh, more, uh, more aggression. He teaches us not to overcome evil with evil, but to overcome evil with good. And so um, I, I, it's, it's, it's a little troubling that we have so many, uh, so many Christians that are not willing to be tried because their hands are armed and ready to go. But... Um, it's amazing how many people are intended, that are intended to be the body of Christ um, can't live out his mandates. The very one who hung on the cross and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. His body, his church, his church can't engage and forgive church hurt or negative comments or, or wrongdoings. Help us, Lord. By and large, retaliation from uh, verbal arguments all the way to physical altercations. You've seen the, the YouTube videos. They're the ultimate result of conflicts amongst those who are called to be peacemakers. Prayerfully, hopefully, um, that's not statistically actually the majority. And I believe that that's not the majority of, of us here at Faith Assembly. Um, but still... It's a troubling thing, and when it happens, it really stands out. Let's endeavor not to represent the body of Christ in ways that are totally antithetical to his prescription. Let's, not try, let's try not to represent Christ in the ways that are totally against how he's told us that we should be identified. We're called to be peacemakers. Unfortunately, in many of our circles, we can identify people who aren't, okay? And uh, I believe that in this room we have the power uh, to pray for and to have grace over uh, these people that we're about to talk about because I know not one of them are on your row. As a matter of fact, I, I just, I almost can, can, can say with certainty that this is not you, okay? Um, but instead of, of, instead of peacemakers, uh, we've got people that would 
would be considered troublemakers. Like when you see them, you say, here comes trouble, you know. Um, and unfortunately, that's the, that's the label that some people wear because of the way that they act. Um, these troublemakers, let's, let's, let's look at these. We, we've got people who are instigators. Anybody know any instigators? Anybody got some instigators in your life? Um, people that, that just, what, what did she say about you? Did you, hear, did you hear what he said? I can't believe he would do you like that. What you going to do about it? I know you're not going to let them talk to you like that. Like, that's the, very, that's the very opposite of how Christ calls us to engage each other, to engage conflict even. People that, that instigate. You know what the Bible says about instigators? It says, a perverse person stirs up conflict. And a gossip separates close friends. I mean, there are people that just... Just, just live on conflict. That, that's just their bread and butter. It's like, if, if I'm not fighting, I'm not living. But that's not God's will for us. God's will for us is peace. And I don't know about you, but I want God's will for my life. I want peace. I want peace. But there are people in your life that all they will do is instigate. And we won't go too deep into too many of these, these, uh, these negative attributes because I really want to talk about actually being a peacemaker. But there are so many people in our lives that are instigators. There are people in our lives that are exaggerators, exaggerators and aggravators. You know people that if you ask them how things are going, they're going to give you the worst story that has ever been told. And the only bad thing that happened to them was somebody got their order wrong at Wendy's, okay? <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, you know some people that every song is a sad song. Every story is a bad story, and it's an epic bad story. And they just tell uh, how terrible thing is, and not only that, but then when it comes to conflict, they exacerbate the situation. They make mountains out of molehills. They make things bigger than they should be. When the Bible is calling us to take this huge mountain, speak to it, tell it to move and be cast into the sea, instead of making mountains out of molehills. He calls us he calls us to be peacemakers, not exaggerators, not aggravators, not meddlers. Some of us are so, not y'all, I'm sorry, what did I say? Whew. There are some people that are so nosy. Praise the Lord, I feel like I'm getting free tonight. <laughs> no, no, because there is grace. There's grace for the nosy one. There's grace for the instigator. There's grace for the, the, the exaggerator. There's grace for the gossiper. There's grace for all of these things. But this is what the Bible says about, about meddlers, about nosy people. Like one who grabs a stray dog by the ears is someone who rushes into a quarrel that is not their own. Would you go into a dark alley and see a rabid dog grab it by the ears? Oh, you're so cute. No, no. No. You don't know what that dog is going to do. You don't know how strong that dog is. You don't know how, that, how erratic he's going to be. You don't know if he's actually going to respond to you as an aggressor and, call, and, and, and turn on you. And it's the same thing with conflict. When you jump into conflict that doesn't even belong to you, when you jump into issues that aren't even your own, you don't know how that thing is going to blow up. You don't know how it's going to turn on you. You don't know if it's going to bite you when you thought it was biting somebody else. This is what happens with people who meddle. 
I'm not talking about y'all. <laughs> I'm not talking about y'all. But, 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 but this is, Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Help us not to instigate. Help us not to exaggerate situations and aggravate situations and, and, and meddle in, in issues that don't belong. Why would we meddle in other people's uh, issues and problems and conflicts when we could pray for them? When we could see those things turn around by the power of an almighty God? Why would we do that when we could speak peace uh, in the midst of a situation that, that is already full of unrest? Why would we do that and why would we gossip? A gossip betrays a confidence. That's what Proverbs chapter 20, verse 19 says. So avoid anyone who talks too much. I don't want to be avoided. I want to be identified as a child of God. So I want to be a peacemaker. I want to be a peacemaker. We didn't even get to, we didn't even get to talking about escalators, people that escalate situations. We didn't even get to talking about complainers how can you have peace in any situation if all you do is complain and fight and moan and all of those things? We didn't even talk about criticizers, uh, people that have every negative thing to say about anything, whether it be good, whether it be uh, uh, tried for, like, like we're not talking about, but all of these characteristics are characteristics of people who are not walking in the mandate of Jesus Christ when he says, blessed are the peacemakers. Peacemakers, 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 peacemakers. And so because we are his, because we are his and because he wants peace through us, and because we are his and we want to be identified as his, we prioritize peace. Everybody say peace. 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 And so how do we do that? How are we going to be peacemakers? How are we going to prioritize peace? How are we going to promote peace in our relationships and in the people that we, that we come in contact with day in and day out? Number one. Here are a few practical things from the Word of God, a few practical things. One, don't advertise con conflict. Don't advertise conflict. Everybody doesn't need to know that you're at odds with somebody. Everybody doesn't need to know that so-and-so says something sideways to you. Everybody doesn't need to know that, um, that your spouse burnt the chicken last night and you upset about it, <laughs> okay? Everybody doesn't need to know that you're mad at your homie because he hollered at your girl. Like, everybody doesn't need to know that because now you're inviting the instigators. You're inviting the meddlers. You're inviting all of these people. When the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 18, verse 15, if your brother sins or if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault, what, just between the two of you. I love this. I love this. If they listen to you, you have won them over. This is an opportunity for what? Peace. It's an opportunity for peace. But a lot of times before we even get to, get to hash things out with our brother, with our sister, when we, before we even uh, approach the one that has wronged us or, or approach the one that we're trying to, to, to fix things with, uh, everybody else knows the business. And so now, even if they do hear you out and you've won them over, there's an opportunity for them to be turned away again when they hear the, 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 the things that everybody else is going to be saying in their ear because now they've, they already know the business. This is the biblical way to begin with conflict. Now, of course, there are, um, there are steps beyond that. If they don't hear you, 
then yes, we go to an elder and, and all, of the, all of these things. But this is the first step. Don't advertise conflict. Number two, do your best to empathize. Colossians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, it says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Sometimes, sometimes one of the only things that we actually have to do to catch ourselves in the midst of conflict, to catch ourselves when we're getting ready to do one of these other things, is to realize that if we were on the other side of it, we wouldn't want it coming in our direction. And if we can do that, if we can remember that God forgave us because we were jacked up, if we can, if we can empathize with someone else and realize, hey, I need forgiveness just like they do. I need understanding just like they do. I need somebody to talk to me and to, to, to prioritize me just like they do. Then we have the opportunity to make peace. Number three, be patient. Be patient. I love this. And this was one of my first times reading this. Um, but Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 in the Passion Translation. I haven't read it in this translation before. But it says, uh, you are always and dearly loved by God. So robe yourself with virtues of God since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Praise God. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. And this is the part I love. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Lord, help us be more patient that we may be unoffendable. How much more peace would we walk in if we were unoffendable? How many conflicts have begun because you were offended, not because you were the offender? What if, what if we were so patient that it was difficult to offend us? That's why I'm willing to say, God, help me be more patient. Help me walk in patience. Help me walk in patience with the folks that will try me and Jesus. Help me walk in patience. Help me be more patient. Number four, number four, watch your words. Watch your words. James 4, verse 11, it says, Dear friends, as part of God's family, never speak against another family member. Okay? As a part of God's family, never speak against another family member. We're talking about the family of God. We're talking about your brother, your sister. We're talking about those that call Jesus Lord. Never speak another against another family member. For when you slander a brother or sister, you violate God's law of love. And your duty is, is not to make yourself a judge of the law of love by saying that it doesn't apply to you. But your duty is to obey it. Lord, from time to time, the word of God just comes and spanks me on the behind. And I say, ouch. And then I say, thank you, Jesus. Because that same word is the word that washes me. That same word is the word that purifies my heart. We just heard last week, we just heard last week, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. We just heard a prophetic word just a few moments ago. 
that God is purifying us, that there's a purity of heart that's being developed and cultivated in this place. Oh, I believe it. I believe it's for his glory, and I believe it's for the unification of the church. I believe it's for his glory, and I believe it's so that the church can be united and edified and effective for the work of the ministry. Does anybody want to be used by Jesus? Does anybody want to be light and darkness? Come on, somebody. Does anybody want to be a city that's on a hill that can't be hidden? Does anybody identify as the light of the world? Does anybody, does anybody want to show Jesus to somebody else? That's what he's doing. That's what his word does in us. Thank you, Jesus, for hitting me upside the head sometimes. Thank you, Jesus, for reminding me what good is. Thank you, Jesus, for reminding me what holy is. Thank you, Jesus, for not letting me be lost in my sin, in my fleshly ways. Thank you, Jesus, for not letting me veer too far to the right or to the left. Thank you, Jesus, for being a good shepherd that when I start going this way, you. When I start going that way, you. Thank you, Jesus, for reminding me that blessed are the peacemakers. That peacemakers can be identified as yours. One more thing um, that I think is really important. I think it's really important. Uh, I know it's really important. The word, the word says it's important. I don't have to think too hard about it. Um, but when it comes to being a peacemaker, act quickly. Act quickly. The Bible says in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, it says, in your anger, do not sin. Okay, that's part one. So when you're angry, don't give in to all of those other things that we talked about. When you're angry, don't give in to escalating and lying about the situation and making it bigger than it should be. Don't give in to gossiping about it and talking about how things, how bad this person is, how bad that thing is. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't sin while you're angry. Um, but this next part is really important too. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Act quickly. Pursue peace quickly. The enemy would love nothing more than for a seed of bitterness to take root in your heart. We heard the old saying that, you know, time heals all wounds. But time also lets all things grow. Time allows bitterness to grow. It allows resentment to grow. It allows pain to fester. It allows wounds to become infected. Time allows parents to grow further away from their children. Time allows, allows that one argument to become grounds for divorce. Time Time allows brothers and sisters that, that used to be best friends to, to consider themselves worse enemies. Time, time allows things to grow into what they shouldn't be if you don't act quickly. I thank God that I serve the God of the impossible that can take what has grown into an immense issue 
and still, just like mountains melt like wax before the fire in his presence, that issue can be squashed in his presence in a moment. I love that I also serve a God that says, today is the day of salvation. That says, I don't have to wait another moment for the issue to be resolved. I love that I serve a God that reminds me that I don't have to let time dictate what my relationship looks like. But I can go to him and I can pursue peace and the Prince of Peace can invade that situation, can invade that relationship, can invade that conflict and turn it all the way around. God's will is peace for you. God's will is peace through you. As we walk in his will, we become easily identifiable as his. People will see you coming and they won't say, oh, here comes trouble. But they'll say, here comes Jesus. My brother, my sister, um, I'm not challenging your I'm not challenging your standing as a child of God, okay? Um, You're his. And if you've called Jesus your Lord, uh, Jesus has made peace between you and the Father. You belong to him, okay? Um, But what I'm challenging is uh, others' perception of who you are based on your regular actions. Even Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And I think that's a good question for us to ask from time to time. Who do people say that I am? Am I easily identifiable as a child of God? Who do people say that I am? Would they say that I'm an an instigator, a meddler, a troublemaker? Who do people say that I am? Um, I know who I am. I am a child of God. And I want that to be reflected in my life. That takes constant surrender. It takes dying to yourself daily. It takes saying, Lord, uh, you know, I've given into my flesh a little bit. I've allowed this, this conflict to be more than it should be. Lord, help me. Help me that I can look more like you. Help me that I can pursue peace, that I can be a peacemaker. Show people who you are in me. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.